Broadcasting live from the East Rand. This is Sirius FM. 24 hours a day sharing the peace and light of Islam. www.siriusfm.net This is going to 22 Central African time and that time of the morning. I, I tell you, we all hugging each other tightly here in the studio. And I, great to have you back, Mufti Ibrahim Smith, on your, yeah, your segment, Quickfire Q&A. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And how did you manage to smuggle that zamzam uh, water <laughs> out of the kingdom, Mufti Sahib? Ahlan wa sahlan. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته شفات يوسف and all our listeners you know I'd first like to thank Hazrat Mufti Aiki Saab for standing in for the last couple of weeks it was very very difficult in Saudi there's no WhatsApp calls allowed or WhatsApp video calls etc to find other apps in order and that is not even so great for connectivity but regarding the Zamzam Shafat let me tell you that few days before the Hajj ended the Saudi ministry actually sent a message that we are each allowed one five liter of Zamzam to take back to our countries. Uh, before that, it was illegal. I find from the aviation and I find from the Saudi authorities as well. In fact, they were confiscating all other liquids and waters and olive oils, etc., Uh, from the passengers as I walked past, you know, I saw them taking off. Uh, people paid money for these things and they took it and they just chucked it in a bin. Most probably they'll take out and empty their bins later on and take these things home. Gee. Yeah, Mufti, and uh, the advantage you had, you were very fluent with your Arabic. So, you know, when they, if they did anything wrong, you say, hey, yeah. Ana Shafi. <laughs> yes, I spoke to them in their own language. You know, you know, when they look at me first, I think they ask a uh, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, and uh, I used to tell them in Arabic, perhaps your mother and your father come from there, but we are from South Africa because we speak fluent Arabic and they speaking slang. So when you speak to them in their own language and you sound like an educated person, then they back off a little, Shafat. Other than that, you are treated like a second-class citizen. It is unfortunate, you know. Yeah, and you, why did you say, you know, I know Sheikh Didat, it was my uncle, Kul Hatu Burhanukum in Kuntum Sazakin. <laughs> yeah, he would have robbed them. Uh, <laughs> I missed you there. I missed you there. You know, you should have been with me uh, on this trip and we'd have made wonderful uh, communication from that side back to our people across the globe. I think uh, next time, Shafat, inshallah, we should embark on this uh, journey Uh, together, me and you, as part of our roadshow, inshallah. Allah bless you, Sheikh. Uh, I mean, our Mufti. I'm giving you a Sheikh <laughs> title <laughs> because you came from the Sheikhdom and you yes, shook so the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant indeed. Great having you back. Well, uh, your questions are flying in. Hey, the ones that know you around, your questions are here. And uh, your questions have a different flavor, I see. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Are the excavations under Al-Aqsa still going, Mufti Saab? Yes, uh, Shifat. Last week, this time, we went to Al-Aqsa, you know, and uh, surprisingly, that whatever the media is telling you, they're only uh, 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 displaying uh, lies, you know, and uh, giving one side of the story. In front of Masjid Al-Aqsa, where the Qibla is, where the Mimbar is, under there, you can still see that they're busy with excavations for the last five decades already. Uh, that is a crucial point because if uh, if they excavate deep enough there, 
then the entire masjid will collapse, it will cave in. So they're still busy doing it in full view, and that was in the morning when we came past there, we saw them busy with the excavations, and there's absolutely nothing that the people can do because that section has been cordoned off, and they have the Israeli Defense Force standing there, uh, that are not allowing anyone to come in, but we uh, took pictures of all those things, you know, and inshallah, in uh, the upcoming bayans, I'll be discussing that with the public G. Can a pregnant woman visit the graveyard? A pregnant woman, of course, she can go to uh, the graveyard to remind her about the Akhirah, but uh, then she needs to be accompanied with a mahram. Uh, she needs to be addressed appropriately, you know, no wailing, no shouting, uh, no loud crying, etc., no perfume, just in a state to go and visit and be reminded of the year after and the journey everyone needs to take to the year after and uh, not spend too much time there inside also Shafat. And from there, she will exit with her family members, G. Yeah, Mufti Sahib, are you giving us a Shafi Mazab ruling there? No, uh, Shafat, that is actually both in the Shafi and uh, the Hanafi uh, viewpoints, you know, that uh, some ulama will say it is makru. Yes, it is makru for a lady to uh, be alone there. But if she has a mahram with her, husband is with her, her brothers with her, her fathers with her, and uh, everything is in order, then uh, she may go. Other than that, uh, it is uh, recommended for her to make dua from her, her home or from her house. But sometimes you have to permit the more family members also. Sometimes they want to say the final goodbye. Sometimes they want to clean their hearts also, you know. So people go to uh, the Bakbara for a different place. In fact, Rasulullah found a woman sitting by the graveyard. And uh, he told her, you know, that make uh, sabr. And she told him that you don't know what I went through. And when she realized it was Rasulullah, then she wanted to apologize. And he told her, summer starts with the first occurrence. He did not prevent or reprimand her or tell her to leave the graveyard. So from there, the ulama take different rulings uh, in giving a permissibility under strict conditions. Yeah, I know in Cape Town, uh, Alhamdulillah, you are a bit more lenient, I think. Uh, but, uh, you know, did uh, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ever take Aisha Radiallahu with him, you know, when he went and supplicated uh, uh, Mufti Saab? Most of the narrations, uh, you'll find that uh, she mentions that Rasulullah went to uh, Jannatul Baqi. You know, uh, one famous narration is uh, that of uh, Nisri Shaban, uh, you know, Shabi Barat, that Rasulullah, she reports that he often used to go to the graveyard. I haven't come uh, across any uh, specific hadith where it is mentioned that uh, she or any other of the Sahabiyat, radiallahu anhum, uh, explicitly went to the graveyard. By the same token, uh, just because uh, they didn't physically go there, it doesn't mean that it entails prohibition. So uh, the ulama take all these ahadith to collectively together, and from there they will deduce uh, their legal rulings. That's where you'll find uh, fatawa of permissibility, fatawa uh, that says it is reprehensible, and in certain cases fatawa will say that it's completely haram. In those cases where women are not accompanied with uh, the respective mahrams, or they are not dressed appropriately. So for those ladies, it is better to remain at home, G. We heard uh, the uh, retaining wall around the Kaaba will be demolished uh, so people can touch the Kaaba again. Is it true, Mufti Saab? I also wonder, Shafat, you know, it would have been better uh, the first of the Hijjah if they had removed it uh, and then the actual Hujaz could have touched that. But they've been saying so for the last two weeks and then they said Umrah season will start on the 19th of July and then quickly the next day they postponed it until the 1st of Muharram when the cloak or the kiswa, it is, as it is known, that will be removed and replaced with a new one. So uh, all reports indicate that they will be taking off that wall 
because COVID is busy dying and diminishing there now. There's no actual restrictions. So then people would be permitted to touch the Kaaba again. But then with the Saudi Shafat, one day they'll say one thing and the next day they'll do a completely, uh, completely different thing. So we'll just have to wait and see until the first of Muharram what really happens, inshallah. Uh, Mufti Saab, is it true that uh, MBS uh, told uh, Joe Biden to foot sack? <laughs> Mufti Saab. <laughs> I wish, I wish he had the guts to do that. You know, he was like a meek dog when uh, Biden came. In fact, when I uh, left the kingdom of uh, Saudi America, uh, Joe Biden popped in because when I entered uh, Palestine, he went there. He went to the kingdom of Saudi America. So I think Biden went to collect this year's uh, tax uh, profits from the Hajj industry to take his share of the money as well. You know, they're all in it together, Shafat. Yeah, spot on there, spot on. Will a husband's uh, ablution break if he hugs his wife? No, not in the Hanafi Madhabi's hudu will remain intact uh, if he uh, hugs his uh, wife. You know, for Shafi people, if uh, there's skin-to-skin touching, contact uh, touching, they call it, then uh, the husband uh, and the wife's hudu will break. They will have to renew it. But for Hanafis, no problem. They can hug each other, G. You heard it, you Hanafis. Yeah, H for Hanafi and H for hug. Okay. Mufti, <laughs> is it uh, permissible to attend a family karaoke? <laughs> People want to be uh, pop stars, Mufti. People want to be pop stars. People want to be singing. I heard singing in Azizia also when we were there, South African singing, you know. So, uh, yes, music accompanies people everywhere. Even in Jordan, when we came in there, people were singing and celebrating. So music has overtaken the Ummah more than what the recitation of the Quran has overtaken the Ummah. That is indeed sad. So even if it is a family function or any other function where you are invited to a karaoke, then you should refrain from that because it is completely haram, you know, there will be intermingling of sexes, uh, there will be illicit things, there will be music, which is the voice of the devil. So these things people should uh, uh, refrain refrain from doing. You don't want to, this is still the sacred months in Muharram also starting. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving great rewards for us, the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu If you want to do something, make dhikr, make tilawat of Quran, refrain from going to karaoke parties, ji. Mufti, assalamu alaikum. What are the signs that a person has been uh, toured hey, with black magic? Everything is just going wrong in my life. Yeah, they toured like they put a heavy, heavy jadu on them, Mufti. Yes, so sometimes it is trials and tests from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you will know that, you know, when Allah gives you the ability to make sabr, on certain difficulties, sometimes it is uh, induced uh, through uh, black magic uh, or people or jealous people. They don't want to see you advance in life. So you will see that when you get excessive headaches, you get weird dreams, uh, you know, frightening dreams, etc. Uh, your lack and love for salah starts disappearing and uh, you don't want to be involved with dini activities. You don't have that urge to go to the masjid. Uh, you don't want to listen to the glorious Quran. You are constantly fighting with your spouse, etc. Your love and your bond and affection for your children, uh, that starts diminishing also. So these are telltale signs, you know, these are red flags. When things like this happen, then you need a, a professional help. You need a help from an amil that will be able to diagnose you and to see what is the problem. If you've been affected with a jadu, black magic, sihr, etc., and inshallah that uh, you know you will not be the only person. These people before you that uh, was affected, and there will be people uh, after you also. But the Quran is the solution and the power and uh, the yalp and of course uh, the cures that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has placed in the verses of the glorious Quran that will smash 
all those abatil forces and their black magic away from you, inshallah, Ji. Yeah, Mufti Sahib, so it's true that, uh, you know, when people are, you know, uh, uh, if someone put black magic for uh, certain people, that uh, all, a lot of blockage, uh, blockages comes through, uh, and it's only the Noble Quran and the eyes of the Noble Quran that can uh, turn that thing or undo everything, Mufti Sahib. Correct, Shufat. Remember when they did it to Rasulullah, a Jew by the name of Labid, we tied seven knots on one of the strands of the hair of Rasulullah, and after six months or so, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the last two, uh, they call it Al-Mu'awwadatayn, uh, Surah Nas and Surah Falaq. So uh, because see there, the Quran came as a cure, because that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Shifa'ul Nas. You know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent it down as a cure for people, as a cure for believers. And uh, using the verses correctly will, uh, of course, break all the uh, black magic that people has done to you. Uh, your brother says, yeah, I like to remain anonymous. I was into big time music when I was a likey. I, I remember Black Magic Woman by Santana Braskus and also remember Cliff Richard say, talking about another Black Magic Woman. What was that all about, Mufti Saab? <laughs> Shafata, they were actually, you know, it, it is Sir Cliff Richard. Don't forget that he, uh, he was knighted not too long ago also. So, uh, but nevertheless, uh, yes, uh, they were actually telling us, uh, or giving us a glimpse into their world. The entire music industry is a web and a net of shaitan that is cast upon uh, people since time immemorial until now. That is how, uh, you know, he gets people by, by making them sing songs and uh, making them sing lyrics in some way. They're also praising him. So he's getting glorified when you listen and when you sing and you are actually hymning his praises. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prevented us from all of this and give us, uh, given us something far, far better, which actually gives contentment to your heart while you are being rewarded. And that is the recitation of the glorious Quran. Yes, Mufti Sahib, another devil woman and so forth. Astaghfirullah, Allah, Allah, you love him. Allah, save, save us all. And uh, well said, the Mufti Sahib. It's of your stature that need to come out and talk to the youth. And uh, I think, you know, you, you, you need to have a special platform with them. Can we use a Qurbani meat uh, to cook pots of food and distribute it to non-Muslims? Okay. Yes, Hanafi people can do that. You can take your Qurbani meat. And I've seen many people do it, you know, uh, excess Qurbani meat. They'll make decks of Agni or Dao or whatever, and uh, they will give it and feed the poor people. So you are the uh, the giver of that. The meat is in your possession. It is yours. You can give it away to Muslims and to non-Muslims. Shafi people, they're only permitted to give Qurbani meat uh, to Muslim people only. So if uh, they get meat, uh, they will have to cook it and uh, they will distribute it amongst Muslim people. Hanafi people can give it to both non-Muslims and Muslims alike, G. Uh, Mufti, uh, please enlighten us about consuming meat and chicken in the holy lands. Hey, you were cozy at posy <laughs> now, but you were not so cozy there, Mufti. <laughs> yeah, Shafat, you know that, wallahi, that if a person has knowledge of these things, you will rather eat bread and you will eat buns, etc., than engaging in dubious meat. Remember that when you're going to the holy lands, take enough tuna, you can buy there also. Because most of the meat are imported from Brazil, all those carcasses, carrion meat, uh, the, the halal status of the meat is highly doubtful and questionable. Similarly with the chicken. Uh, so there, if you buy chicken, you will see a word called al-wataniya, meaning locally sourced, locally grown in locally sourced, uh, slaughtered chicken. That is what you can buy. That is what you can consume. As for meat, you have to stay away from it as far as possible because these people really don't care. Saudis become the dumping ground 
for me coming from uh, South America, Argentina and all these places and they dump it in Saudi Arabia and then our people come consuming these haram meats. How do they expect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to accept their du'as, uh, Shafat, when their bodies is filled with uh, haram meat? And people, uh, you know, because of their gluttonous nature, they can't seem to stay away from these things. We rather, when we were there, we bought our own things, you know, and uh, we um, made it inside the hotel room and uh, where we saw a locally halal sauce chicken, that is where we bought from. Other than that, we're still alive. We didn't die because we didn't... Uh, uh, eat uh, or we refrain from eating their meat. So be very careful before you go do your homework, do your research and uh, spend wisely when you do also G. Can a, a Muslim take a business loan from a bank to expand his business? Yes, if it is from a Sharia approved bank, if it is from Islamic uh, finance, you can take out a, a business loan in order to advance and expand your business. If it is from a conventional bank, if it is an interest loan, then you have to refrain from that because now you're going to pump haram funds into your halal business. Your business will suffer at the end of the day. Most probably it will close down and you'll sit with mountains and heaps of debts that you won't be able to come out. Why? Because you are engaging in a transaction. Uh, Basically, you're declaring war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for taking out uh, an interest loan. So refrain from that G. Yeah, Mufti talks about mountains and heaps of debt. But Mufti Sahab, where are the mountains of Makkah? Tell us. Shafat, wallahi, I cried most of the time there because I saw signs of Qiyamah playing out in front of me because Allah has blessed us with this little knowledge, you know. The belly of the mountains that has been blown to smithereens, the amount of expansion happening there at a rate, it is unbelievable that these former uh, uh, sheep herders and cattle herders and uh, Bedouins are suddenly became billionaires and millionaires overnight, blowing away the mountains. You must remember, mountains are placed strategically by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give stability in that region. Otherwise, the earth will shake violently and they blowing it and are making way for millions and millions of hotels and for the tourism sector and for entertainment, etc. It is quite scary. The Kaaba has been dwarfed. Uh, Shafat, I'm not lying to you that the Kaaba is just a dot uh, in comparison with the, the buildings that they built in and around the Kaaba for tourism and for so-called to accommodate and facilitate the Hujjahs, there's hardly mountains left in the immediate vicinity of the Kaaba. Uh, Mufti, we're struggling financially and my wife is expecting another child. Is it permissible to abort because we're not financially settled? It is completely haram to abort when you feel that you are under financial pressure because the Quran says, Allah speaking about children says we first sustain them before we sustain you. Your sustenance is dependent on that of uh, the children and not vice versa, you know. So they are coming in the world with their own risk. This is a kafir western concept that uh, you have to limit uh, the amount of uh, birth rates in your family. Rather increase and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless your family too. That it is haram to uh, uh, go for an abortion and to kill a soul that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is destined to come into this world. So now, alaykum, uh, Mufti Sahib. Is it true that uh, when you see a lizard, uh, that uh, e- there is a reward in killing it? Hey, Mufti, when I was, I was growing up as a lighty, uh, yes, he's a lizard, kill that lizard. You see the spider, save the spider because <laughs> it needs the web for the... Mufti? 
Correct, uh, Shafat. I went to that mountain, Jabal Thawr, where the spider actually spun a web uh, to protect Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Abu Bakr. It is called Jabal Thawr. As for a lizard, these lizards, you know, uh, in, during the time of Ibrahim, alayhi salatu salam, that lizard actually came and blew so the fire could burn more intensely. So that's why Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has instructed us in one hadith that, uh, you know, for Waisik, uh, you have to kill uh, this uh, type of lizard. Uh, because of the actions of the past. So yes, if you come across it and it's causing any harm, uh, then you are permitted to kill it. Inshallah, you'll be rewarded for that also, and you're practicing upon a sunnah ji. How to dispose of interest money, please, Mufti? Interest money you can give to poor Muslims uh, without asking for reward. Uh, you can give it, uh, you know, for the building of toilets, etc. Any other person you can give it, uh, most probably, in, uh, uh, and it is better to give it to poor Muslims, to our own people. There are many people suffering out there, you know. So if you come across someone, you can tell him that this is interest money. And uh, that person, if he wants to take it, he can take it. If he wants to refuse it also, then that person has the right to refuse. There's no uh, request for dua and there's no reward also in that money, Gee. Can a husband retract a conditional divorce? A conditional divorce is when a person tells his wife, if you go out of this house, you are divorced. If you go to your mother, you are divorced. If you do such an action, you will be divorced. So that is a conditional or suspended divorce, as it is called. You cannot retract a statement like that. If it happens today, tomorrow, in a month's time, that divorce will occur and it will be binding and it will be valid. So people need to be very, very careful, especially uh, during heated arguments. They say some stupid things, Shafat, only to regret it afterwards and then citing that they were angry. So no one gives divorce while they are happy. So why would you cite anger as a condition for divorce? Remember that conditional divorce is valid binding and it will occur and it will fall, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, is it permissible to buy a car from an auction held by Riba-based bank? In an auction, uh, Shafat, uh, mostly you'll find repossessed vehicles there. So the vehicle belongs to the bank because they are the initial purchasers of that. And uh, it does not belong to you until you have made that final payment. So uh, when they've repossessed it, then it goes back to the owner. Whatever agreement was between them and the purchaser, that has fallen away. So now it is still the property of the bank. If you have the cash to buy it from an auction, then you buy it. You do not buy it on installments based from an interest uh, institution like a bank because then you will be engaging in a riba. So you're purchasing a product that lawfully belongs to the bank chief. Uh, Mufti, is there any special virtue for a non-Muslim who passes away on a Friday? That virtue is exclusively for believers, for people of Iman, for the people of Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not kept any virtue for any non-believer, any non-Muslim that passes away on a Friday. They will still go where they are destined to go as people without Iman. So Allah make it easy and grant us all a good ending with Iman also, Ji. My uh, husband died and left behind a sum of money. Is it permissible for me to spend anything of it during the morning period and either? Uh, that money belongs, it is part of his estate, it is part of inheritance. It is not permissible for you to spend anything from the estate of your husband until the estate has been rounded up and distributed amongst its rightful heirs. Any one rain, any one sin you're taking from there, you are consuming unlawful wealth, you know. So you will need to find your own expenses. Your family members can come and support you. 
that I do not put your hand into the cookie jar because you will regret it on the day of Qiyamah. You should not rob any air of what is rightfully and duly uh, due to them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for them. I'm unable to, uh, unable to make uh, sajda on the floor. What should I do? Sit on a chair, sit or whatever is comfortable for you. Because, you know, Ma'al Qudra, they call it in Arabic, you can only perform ruku and sajda if you have the ability to do so. So if you suffer from spinal injuries or from uh, arthritis, etc., and you cannot bend down or have any problem, then you perform sajda as uh, comfortable as possible for you because there is no harming yourself in the process of performing sajda as well. Remember that, that salah is supposed to be a physical and spiritual uh, exercise, so don't uh, impose difficulties upon yourself. And don't create harm for your body as well, G. Yeah, I recall your other friend, you know, from India, that uh, Molvi used to always say, "Hey, Mufti, you know, let's have some chow mein and let's have some rogni naan and uh, uh, you know that karai." And he used to use, to, I mean, he used to joke with you. He say, "Mufti, you see that man sitting there? He's a chairman, and that other man is <laughs> a chairman." <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember clearly, Shafat. You know, one is a chairman and one is a. I, I chairman, you know, so we stay away from the chairman and we rather go with the chairman. <laughs> yeah, he was a good man, that. Yeah, he was a very good man. Yes. Mufti Saab, absolutely brilliant uh, this morning. Uh, it's uh, like a breath of fresh air that uh, you bring from, uh, I don't know, uh, from Cape Town. I don't want to say anything else. But <laughs> alhamdulillah, it's uh, really great to have you back. And I know that in the hearts of hearts you were thinking of us and uh, your ustaz, uh, Mufti A.K. Hussain also did a splendid job on uh, the platform. Definitely. And, uh, you know, I, I, must, I must bless pl- both of y'all. And, you know, I'm, uh, we are all one team, uh, Mufti Sahab. Your parting words uh, this morning. Yes, uh, Shifat. Make dua for us. We still make dua for you. The Hujaj and the du'as is accepted until the first week of Rabiul Awal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all our sins, our shortcomings. And may Allah take each and every one to Makkatul Makarramah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a good ending. Jazakum Allah khair Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Absolutely brilliant uh, this morning. And a big jazakallah khair to all of you for sending in all those uh, questions. And uh, mashallah, Mufti really uh, answered that with a distinction. Yusuf Asmal, a brilliant engineering as uh, usual. Keep it locked on to uh, Marcus Sahaba, um, uh, to uh, Sirius FM for lovely, lovely uh, programming and uh, lovely nashis interspersed. And I can tell you, yes, uh, it will be the spiritual hour that will come through and inshallah the 40 durudz will be rendered and also the ayats from the noble Quran. Thereafter, Mufti A.K. Hussein will be given uh, the translation of uh, the uh, Juma Kudba from the Holy Lands. Uh, from the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.